Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the WIX Q3 2021 Earnings Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask your question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would like to add a conference over your speaker for today, Maggie O'Donnell, Director of Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Great. Thanks, Jay. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Wix's third quarter 2021 earnings call. Joining me today to discuss our results are Avishai Abrahami, our CEO and co-founder, Mir Zohar, our president and COO, and Lior Shemesh, our CFO. We also have Joe Plaro, our GM of the U.S., who is going to moderate a Q&A. During this call, we may make forward-looking statements, and these statements are based on current expectations and assumptions. Please consider the risk factors included in our press release and most recent Form 20F that could cause our actual results to differ materially from these forward-looking statements. We do not undertake any obligation to update these forward-looking statements. In addition, we will comment on non-GAAP financial results and key operating metrics. You can find all reconciliations between our GAAP and non-GAAP results in the earnings materials and our interactive analyst center on the investor relations section of our website, investors.list.com. With that, I will now turn the call over to Joe, who will be moderating a Q&A with the team. Thanks, Maggie. Um, we got some good feedback that this format uh, is, is a good way to, to conduct our earnings calls, so we're going to do it again this quarter. Um, so thanks again, everyone, for, for joining. Um, Abishai, uh, let's start about Q3. Um, we, we beat our expectations, which is great. Um, talk a little bit about what we're seeing right now in the economic environment. Of course. So, hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. <clears throat> so, if, if we look at this year, right, we saw in the summer uh, that it was continuously declining. And, and since then, we're now seeing, uh, starting to see that there is a recovery, right? Apparently, the uncertainty and the slowdown is kind of like in some places bouncing uh, up. And, and, and because of that, right, we believe there is some recovery in the economy uh, and I think this is a very global phenomenon, and of course it's influenced by COVID, where we see more COVID and less COVID. And for us, what it means is that nearly every area of a business outperformed our expectation in Q3. And as a result, we're increasing outlook for the year. Growth is better than we thought last time we spoke. Great. That's great news. So let's dive in a little bit more on our results. You said nearly every area of our business outperformed. Um, what specifically drove the results in Q3? Well, first of all, we have uh, more new users than uh, we believe. Conversion is still very strong and better than expected. Uh, renewals continue to beat our expectations. Uh, average collection per subscription continue to increase. Uh, Weeks payment doing very well, and we believe we are in line of our targets of 10 billion GPV uh, uh, this year, which is uh, 80. 5% year-over-year growth. That's great. So, so obviously, we, we uh, you know, you look uh, much further ahead in, in the business, obviously, than just a quarter here. So, um, what are you seeing in the business beyond these results that, that are exciting for you right now? Well, I think that the most interesting for me is that, you know, obviously, there is the slowdown of the economy, and, and we all know that COVID has a massive impact right, globally. But if you look at the underlying, right, leading indicators for what makes weeks work, 
Then I'm very excited. It's one of the first sig- signals for me is that <clears throat> designers and agency on Wix has grown 92% over here, which is amazing, right? This is one of the things that it not just shows the strength of our product, it also will generate compound growth because those people, right, those, those, those companies tend to build more than one website. So by adding them at that quick rate, we're obviously going to get compounding growth in the next couple of years. Performance improvement for our, the website you build with Wix has continued to improve. And today, according to Google, uh, Wix is the fastest among all of our competitors. And then that's really important, right, for our customers and especially to the professional customers that we have. Customer care, big improvement. Uh, of course, uh, uh, COVID, when we had so much demand, uh, made it go to a very hard place for us. We are fully recovered. Uh, uh, the metrics that you used to measure that go by 118% over here, which is, again, fantastic. Which payment, uh, again, 85% growth year over year. Commerce, so we have a lot of product development there. And even though a lot of them are still influenced, heavily influenced by COVID, right? We've still grown 47% year over year. So, and, that, and that's amazing, right? You have to remember, our commerce is so much more than just a shopping cart, right? It's scheduling, it's events, tickets. It's a lot of things that are still very influenced by COVID. And even so, and 47% year over year. And, of course, business-to-business partnership, right, which is a way for us to, in most cases, to acquire uh, very large agencies that, do uh, marketing for weeks, build websites for their customers, is growing in a crazy rate, like nine x year over year. So all those things together, right? If you look at them, they are the leading indicator of how good a business is going to be doing in the next year, and the way after that, and they're following that. I think all of them are growing uh, super fast, and it makes me really excited about where we are. I would say that probably we're coming out of COVID stronger than we ever been since the IPO. That's great. So let, let's let's dig into each of these areas. You mentioned several kind of things, um, and, and I want to start with B2B partnerships. Um, so, Nir, let's, let's go to you. Why is B2B partnerships such an exciting opportunity? Well, I think, you know, I think it's, uh, it's something that, uh, that uh, evolved and grew very fast from uh, an initiative of 2019 where we just had one singular uh, deal made uh, uh, with one partner. Uh, we grew it into something which is, which is significant and, and sustainable and, 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 and a real influence on our business uh, in, in 2021. Um, in essence, as, as Aish has said, it's, uh, it's, it's the continuation of the partners and agents in strategy, just really massive ones that are joining us and, and working with us. And also I think that it's a fantastic signal when really big companies say to us, we want to adopt your technology in order to cater to, to the needs of, of our customers. Uh, it's a great testament for our brand and obviously for, for the maturity of our product. Uh, and lastly, I think for us, it's another fantastic uh, um, um, go-to-market strategy when we are basically taking the same product, the same uh, uh, um, uh, um, innovation that we have and adding it across the board in another new uh, channel of, of new uh, users. So, so that, that typically has been an area that, that – you know, ha- has been getting many questions is is around kind of the business model here. Uh, you know, are, are, how is the business model the same as as what we're already doing elsewhere? Well, I think, you know, the unit economics are pretty much the same. Uh, the, the, in, in this case, the partner uh, is the one who's spending the marketing dollar instead of us. 
and then we provide the product without any additional costs for us in terms of care or, or development or hosting or anything like that. And, and when you think about it, it then behaves very much like our regular course because, you know, there are going to be uh, adoption and, and activation of subscriptions and then renewals over time and then actually expansion with more people using business solutions and adding Ascend and the, using Wix payment and generating GPV, etc. Um, so in that aspect, it behaves like any other recurring subscription business uh, uh, in other parts of our business and it, and it stacks over time. Just as an example, if we take that, 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 main, uh, that, that major partner we had in, in 19 and see how it evolves over time, if you look at the last 12 months, that deal generated 9x revenue than what it uh, generated the, the 12 months before that, but just because of that compounding effect. It's exactly like a cohort. Great. So another area uh, that, that Abishai touched on is commerce. So Commerce showed strong growth. It's obviously becoming a, a larger portion of our business. Talk about our progress there. Yeah, so I think, you know, we really highlighted that uh, last year. I think 2021 uh, was a great expansion here in that aspect. Uh, it was expansion of payments. It was expansion of the different uh, business verticals that Avishai just, just mentioned. Uh, um, obviously, as you said, it's very diversified. So we have the stores and products, but we're also selling services and restaurants and events and, and, and hospitality and so on and so on. Um, and, and for that reason, it keeps on paying off. We have you know, 47% year-over-year over year growth, uh, the $10 billion uh, GPV mark that we believe we, we are gonna, we're on track to, to hit by the end of the year. Uh, so we are extremely excited about it. Great. And just to, to, to kind of uh, – uh uh, you know, touch on one thing specifically around the e-commerce strategy. Avishai, we, we announced last week uh, Wix Fit. Um, talk about how this fits into our commerce strategy. Well, we've seen that we're starting to get more and more fitness uh, trainer regimes, and, 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 and we realized that it might be a good thing for us to package that into a current offering, right? So because a lot of those guys, and it's scheduling, they sell stuff, right? So they have a short store. They offer online courses, videos. And we felt that if we turn that into more of a solution, which is very well packaged, we might see a really good effect. A big part of our, the strength of our e-commerce is that we didn't have to develop that from scratch, right? We just have to use the components that we have and, and rearrange them and make very clear messaging around it. And uh, so that's what we did, and we're seeing really good results from that. Great. And, and just, you know, another area that you touched on, Abishai, um, agencies and, and, and partners. So um, provide us an update on, on where we are with that initiative. Obviously, we saw growth, so, so share a little more. Yes, well, we did grow, right, 92% over here. Uh, a large part of it, I think, is can be contributed to and the improvements in product, right? And of course, we have the, the agent that helped them and the car managers supporting them. But uh, Wix, uh, the classic editor and editor X, have a really strong value and proposition for agencies. I think that's a big uh, part of what uh, move. Another part, right, is that uh, the combination of those tools creates so much better productivity. Uh, for our customers, I think that is why they're so loyal. And again, telling their friends, which is a big contributor to the growth here. Uh, if we look at all of those, the security, the performance, right, the, edit, the, the, the different editors that you can use, we're seeing clear indication that we are rapidly gaining market share, uh, mostly from WordPress.org. 
So we're very excited about that, and uh, and and I mean we think that this is really one of the le best leading indicator for uh, weeks future. That's great. And then um, um, one other area that that I know before we get to Lior, one other area near that that a lot of investors have been thinking about lately is around marketing. There have been a lot of changes in the online marketing landscape. Um, how have we managed through that? Well, you know, in all honesty, uh, we haven't really been impacted by that. Um, uh, you know, we know how to shift uh, uh, to the places where our TRI works best, and this is the formula uh, by which we invest our marketing dollars. Um, in fact, with the increase in increases in conversion and the higher uh, uh, collection per sub, we we actually managed to spend more uh, on the same marginal TRI, which is great. And I got to tell you, uh, you know, for uh, for a decade. Of, of weeks uh, uh, running in kind of massive growth rates and, and, and investing a lot of marketing uh, to support that, uh, we've gone through big changes in marketing almost every year. You know, to name a few, that you know, the rise of Facebook advertising, uh, our move in and then out of TV because it, uh, when it stopped uh, being uh, being uh, interesting enough, uh, the, the 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 rise of YouTube advertising, and I think the the great thing working for us is that we have an extremely talented and, and strong marketing team that is actually not only ready for those kind of changes, I think they actually uh, uh, excel especially with those challenges. So, you know. Great. Um, all right, so let's move on to the financials. Um, Lior, um, dive a little bit more into the outperformance on collections and revenue and, and specifically touch on uh, why we beat the collections guidance much more than the revenue. So <clears throat> thank you everyone for joining us today. Um, so, so obviously we're really happy with the results. Um, I think that it displayed the improvement in the business environment as, as Vishay mentioned before. So actually the uh, collection and revenue, they both ex exceeded our expectations mainly for two reasons. The first one, is better than expected subscriptions than what we initially anticipated back in August. Uh, so we see that the demand was stronger. Uh, conversion and output was actually higher than our own expectations. And also, uh, we saw that, uh, um, that uh, conversion actually was um, better in, in, in many, many places. And I think that... Uh, which I mentioned before, uh, like for example, we fit and, and, and the increase in the number of agencies, 92% on a year-over-year -year basis. So obviously that one has also contribution to the fact that we managed to beat our own expectations. This portion is mainly also uh, affect the revenue. Um, but in addition to that, and the reason why we beat collection more than revenue was mostly because of uh, better than expected B2B partnership in Q3. Actually, one of the deals was supposed to close in Q4, but was, was done in the, in the third quarter. Um, and again, B2B uh, partnerships mostly affect collection on the short term, the revenue uh, following that uh, in, in, the next, in the next few years. Okay, great. Um, let's talk about gross margins. Um, when should we expect gross margins to start to stabilize? So I think that first of all, I, as, as always, I want to relate to that in, into uh, uh, separate uh, uh, things. The first one is about the creative subscription gross margin. 
they are stabilizing. Uh, there have been 77% for the last three quarters. Actually, we expected for the year to close at 76 to 77, and I think that we are even a bit better than that. Uh, we do expect improvement uh, next year uh, for the gross margin of creative subscription, as we mentioned before. I believe that the gross margin for the creative subscription um, is something that was, again, that was done because of many two reasons. The first one is about increasing the investment in performance. And we saw, and Avishai talked about the increase, the fact that uh, the Wix uh, platform is the fastest one in the world right now. So this is something that is really amazing. This is something that we already started to see the contribution of it because in the end of the day, it's contributed to the conversion, it's contributed to many, many things. And again, we are going to see the fruits of it uh, in, in, uh, very, very soon. The other thing that where we invested was about the care. And we mentioned that many times before. Again, we saw a clear indication uh, of the improvements, as we mentioned before. With regard to the gross margin of the business solution, it's mainly impacted by the Wix payments. And again, uh, I do expect that Wix payments gross margin will improve next year. It is very much in line, the overall business solution gross margin, what we said is around 22%. But again, we do expect to have improvement in margin specifically for payments. Got it. Okay. Um, let's move on to talk about guidance. Um, so let's talk about uh, uh, starting with collections here. Um, we gave guidance last quarter and said that most of the uncertainty we were seeing in Q4 so it was in Q4, so now we're here, obviously. So, so how has that changed since we gave guidance in August? So in, in actually, it has changed in uh, mostly two aspects. First of all, uh, just to remind everyone, the range that we provided last quarter was the true range uh, of outcomes, meaning that if things got even worse, uh, we obviously be heading toward the low end, and if things get much better, it would head toward the high end. What happened of lately, um, and you know we mentioned but before about the improvement of of what we see right now with regard to the demand, with regard to the the overall economics environment. Um, based on that and based on the result of Q3, we actually updated the guidance, uh, but we are using the same method. Um, so we see the improvements and trends are definitely better than, than last quarter, and therefore the, the right way to look at it is that we are raising the midpoint of the full year uh, by, by almost $10 million. Uh, we are also raising the high end of the guidance that we provided before but still keeping a very wide range of Q4 in order to reflect uh, the volatility that still exists, but less than what we've seen before. Yeah. Okay, and, and just, to, just to be very clear on, on what you just described, you mentioned earlier around B2B partnerships and a deal that, that moved from Q4 to Q3, so explain how uh, this affects the guidance that we gave. So, in the third quarter, we recorded the uh, collection for, uh, for uh, Vistaprint. We mentioned that last quarter as expected, uh, but we had also some more deals that we signed in the third quarter and were recorded 
as part of our collection. One of them was a deal that originally expected in Q4, but was signed in the, during the third quarter. Um, so, so, so yeah, I think that that was, uh, you know, the, the reasons for that. Okay, great. Um, so let's move on and, and just hit on free cash flow. Um, talk a little bit about what we're doing on the marketing side uh, and, and the impacts on free cash flow. So as always, when we see a better demand uh, to our product, uh, it's followed by increasing the investment in marketing. So actually, it's a really good sign uh, for that. Uh, so this is exactly what we did this quarter. We, we are most of, most of the uh, reason why we decreased the guidance for the free cash flow was because of further investment in marketing. And this is something that obviously we are always happy to do. Uh, very important to stay, but still within our TRY. Uh, in addition to that, we had an uh, impact of a few millions of dollars because of the uh, strength of the Israeli shekel compared to the dollar. Um, as you probably know, about half of our employees are paid in Israeli shekels. So obviously it has an impact. Got it. Okay. Um, great. And, and just before we um, go over to, to the phone and, and take questions, um, I want to end with Abishai. Um, Obviously, you know, we're coming up on the end of, of the year. Uh, a lot of investors are thinking about 2022. I know we are as well. So share a little bit about how, you know, we're thinking about uh, 2022 and, and even beyond. Of course. Well, of course, it's also a bit too early to provide guidance, right, for 2022. However, if you look at all of our signals, right, agencies are growing super fast. Commerce is growing extremely fast. B2B partnerships uh, are growing very fast and really exciting, right? And, and we're taking, continuously taking bigger and bigger market share, right? Yes, there is uncertainty about the economy, there is uncertainty about how people should behave in this kind of time, but this is temporary. Now, it's very hard to predict how long it will last, but obviously it will not be forever. And I think that even now, we're in a stronger uh, product position, right, than we've ever been in the history of the, of, of the company. Right, the gap between us, the competitor, is so big today that it really is, is incredible. You can see a lot of the results even today. So I'm very excited about what we can do in 2020 and uh, 22. And, uh, and the other thing I can say is that we have some really cool product coming soon. So I'm really, uh, I, I'm, I'm really, I can't wait to share with that, uh, about those products. So overall, very excited. Great. Thank you all. Um, so, Operator, I think we are ready to turn the call over to some analyst questions. Thank you. And as a reminder, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone panel. Our first question comes from the line of Sterling Otti of J.P. Morgan. Your line is open. Yeah, thanks. Hi, guys. So I want to dive into the B2B partnerships. You know, inserting a partner into the chain between you and the customer, I think, has a perception of, do you lose any type of control? And what I mean by that is, how do you drive conversion through a B2B partner as well as what you would drive it when normally just going directly to that customer in your typical go-to-market motion? 
Well, Sterling, it's a really good question. I think the answer is that it depends on the partnership, right? <laughs> in some of the partnership, we are the face in front of the customer. In some other, Vista Print is an example, or NTT is another one, they are the face in front of the customer, right? <laughs> Usually, they actually build the website for the customer. And we still have the ability to communicate with the customer in, in, in a direct manner because it's not hidden. It's not like it's not a white label partnership. It's a, it, they're building it on the Wix platform. Uh, but I think that in, in many ways, those kind of partnerships behave like any other agency where uh, the agency bring the customer, build it on Wix, and they are responsible for managing the relationship with the customer. And we are usually doing a lot of communication through the agency, right? So through NTT, through Vistaprint, or through a small uh, agency. That, ma that makes sense. And then one actually follow-up administratively. Uh, I didn't get through all the uh, the letter and presentation, but are we going to get the typical Wix December event? Are we going to do it in person? And what should we expect out of that event if you're going to do it? Sterling, I'll, this is Joe. I, I will preempt anyone from uh, saying anything and uh, just say uh, stay tuned. Well, obviously, face-to-face -face is going to be very hard. That's the other thing. Face-to-face -face is very hard. You're going to probably, yeah. When, but, but you all were very close on the date or something that we wanted to release. Now we're going to have to sync with, with COVID, of course, and see what we're doing. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Next question comes from the line of Ken Wong of Guggenheim Securities. Your line is open. Fantastic. Thank you for taking my question. Um, the, the first one, just as we touch on 2022, I know we're not quite ready to give guidance yet, but kind of given all the movements from last quarter to this quarter, should we still think that the, the, the trajectory of this business is going to look you know, better than what we were seeing uh, in, in 2019 pre-COVID? Any initial thoughts on, on how investors should think about the, the growth profile? Hi, Ken. This is uh, Leo. Again, I think that there is a lot of um, uh, interesting stuff going on, and I think that Avishai mentioned before that we're actually um, exiting the corona in a, in, a, in, a, in a position that was never, never been the same. And, and I think that it's amazing. We talk about, you know, the, the variety of our product, uh, agencies, commerce, the B2B uh, payments. So all of it is obviously a very, very good sign, and we are very excited about it. I think that it's too soon to talk about, you know, what to expect from, from, uh, from next year, but certainly we have all the tools um, in order to, uh, to execute, um, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a really good way. Got it. Okay. Appreciate it. Fair enough. Um, and then just on the B2B side, you, you guys previously told us, you know, about 70 million in collections for the back half. Uh, any, any rough sense if that number has moved up given that it sounds like there's a lot more activity there? Uh, and then just on the, the pull forward from Q4 to Q3 and any rough quantification of, of the impact in the quarter? So with regard to the first question about the 70 million, we are about the same. Um, and what was the question about the uh, the fourth quarter? Ah, the full forward? Yeah, so just any quantification. Yes. yes, it's about $4 million. Okay, great. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Next question comes from the line of Brad Hill of Jeffrey. Your line is open. 
Thank you. Um, I was curious, um, you know, given given the rebound and what you're seeing, uh, there have been many questions about uh, how, how that's trending in, in October and in, into November. If you can just directly give us a sense of if the demand trends that you saw closing out the quarter are continuing into this current quarter, uh, and a quick, a quick follow-up. Uh, so the answer is that we, we, we continue to see improvement from, uh, from, uh, from the summer. Uh, however, uh, you know, it's very hard to predict the future because uh, how the world economy behaves after COVID, this is the first time. So, uh, but do we do continue to see uh, improvement uh, in the United States and in, in some places in Europe. And uh, so, yes, the answer is that we continue to see improvement. And, of course, we're not yet back to normal on many of things, right? Uh, you know, that supply chain issues, uh, we are seeing, uh, of course, everything that has to do with physical face-to-face uh, -face meetings or events is influenced. So there is a rebound, there is a, a coming a back. Uh, we hope uh, the summer was the bottom, but I think there's still a lot of uncertainty, and we hope that, that as this clears out, okay, this uncertainty clears out into 2022, uh, we're going to continue to see improvements. And, and just a quick follow-up on, on the free cash flow. Um, certainly understand the, the reinvest back in, in the business, but... If you look back, this is your lowest free cash flow margin since 2014. I think investors are trying to understand, is something structurally changed in the business that you have to, uh, you know, change actions here, or do you feel like this is just temporary and we, we should see a, a resumption to, to normal trends here going forward on free cash flow? Okay. So, so first of all, you're right about, uh, you know, about the number of where we are actually ending up this year. But it's very important to mention the free cash flow in terms of the core business, of the traditional core business of free has not been changed. It's still strong, very strong as it used to be in the past. Usually when you start a new business, for example, like uh, payments or like the B2B partnerships, uh, you don't see the immediate effect on free cash flow. You are growing the business, you are investing, uh, and then it's followed by, by, the, uh, by the cash. So this is something that is very important to mention. So, for example, we are closing many, many deals with B2B partnerships. Do we still we see the, the cash immediately? The answer is no. Are we going to see this cash? Absolutely yes. So I think that many of the effects that we see right now are the temporary effect, and we are going to go back actually to the same, uh, to the same contribution. But, again, very important to mention, on, on those deals, uh, on those uh, uh, kind of uh, – um, platform or, or core business, what we had like many, many years ago, the profitability in terms of the cash is actually getting better. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Next question comes from the line of Nick Jones of CD. Your line is open. Great. Thanks for taking the questions. I guess just one on kind of the 4Q guide. I mean, how are you thinking about kind of the seasonality heading into 4Q? I think we've heard from other kind of, uh, uh, you know, SMB-focused businesses that there's a, there's a risk of kind of increased travel, fewer people at their computers, and, and potentially harder to, to get net ads um, in 4Q. Um, and then I have a follow-up. I think that day, historically, right, Q4 was a bit always slower for us in terms of new subs. Yes. We, we, of course, included that in our projection for Q4. Uh, of, this year, it might be different. I don't know. Uh, again, things acted very different this year than, it was, than other years. 
Uh, but if you look at the business of our business, of our customers, right, it's usually been doing much better than Q4, right? So uh, everything that to do with the uh, Wix payment, uh, GPV, uh, transactions of our customers usually tended to do much better than Q4. And I think we're going to see that again this year. And to say what is the magnitude, again, it's the first time we have a year which is post-corona or half post-corona or post-corona in some countries and not in some other countries or some states and not some other states. So it's very hard to predict. But I would say uh, I think that our customer business is probably going to do very well in Q4 and due to some uh, recovery, some uncertainty and clearing, and, and which, of course, will influence the GPV and, on, and, and uh, which payment and, and business. On the other hand, uh, what we predicted in terms of slowdown in in, uh, in sub, which is traditional to Q4, uh, I, I actually believe it's going to be smaller than other years. I think it's going to be a higher rate. However, uh, this is my personal belief. And the way we calculate the guidance, we took the same factor that we added historically. Got it. And then a follow-up. You, know, you mentioned in the letter and on the call earlier about what's being the fastest platform versus its peers. Um, you know, how, how does that benefit manifest? Is this is this impact retention more, or is this a criteria that you know new new kind of potential subscribers are, are looking for when they're choosing a platform? Well, if you look at the more professional market, right, then obviously they're doing benchmarks, right? They're actually comparing, and they. And they're doing bench, benchmark before they join and, of course, after they join. And so this is for the more sophisticated customer, and which is pretty much all of those agencies we spoke about and, and partners and, and B2B businesses. All of them actually care about that. And I think being number one on that is very significant in the, in, in, in the contribution uh, to those uh, growing so quickly on Wix. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Next question comes from the line of Trevor Young of Barclays. Your line is open. Great, thanks. Uh, two for me, if I may. Um, one, just unpacking the revenue guide for 4Q, if we assume kind of steady trends on creative subs, it implies a pretty material decel on business solutions, potentially being, you know, up only slightly Q on Q in terms of nominal dollars. One, is that the right way to think about it? And two, you know, why would that be the case given, you know, the ramps that you're seeing in payments um, and obvious seasonality there? And then second question, just can you talk about where we are in payments take rate versus the 1.25 to 1.3% guide earlier in the year? Yeah. <clears throat> so first of all, we, we do expect that business solution is going to be uh, uh, stronger uh, in the fourth quarter. I think that, you know, Vishay mentioned that before, uh, mostly because of payments. Uh, you know, it's the uh, holiday seasons, uh, and this is something that we think that's going to be really positive for us in that, uh, uh, with regard to that. The second thing about the uh, tech rate, uh, we are on track. Actually, uh, it is something, and we said before, that it's improving. In, indeed, it is improving. Uh, so this is uh, really exciting. I do believe that this is something that will continue to improve also next year. Great, thank you. Thank you. Next question comes from the line of Mark Mahini of ISI. Your line is open. 
Thanks. It looks like one of the regions that uh, may have outperformed others was uh, was Europe. Any particular color behind that? And then an update, please, on the point of sale solution traction. Thanks. Of course. So uh, yes, we did see in some countries in Europe uh, uh, faster recovery than in other uh, places. I think that uh, Germany and France. And we've seen that. We also invested a lot in localization in, in those countries. As for point of sale, I'm not. Don't think we want to. I'm sorry. You want to talk about it? Go. Uh, I, I I can I can again uh, not to, to take too much deeper to dive on point of sale. I can say though that. Um, we are very evolved in our, in our beta phase. Uh, and, um, um, I think, you know, early next year we can probably start expanding it. Uh, and we're extremely happy with the results so far, um, both the reception as well as the usage and the volumes that we've seen on the point of sale are, are exceeded our expectations. So we're very, uh, we're very excited about it. Thank you, Abishai. Thank you, Nir. Thank you. Next question comes from the line of Bernie McTernan of Needham and Company. Your line is open. Great. Thanks for taking the question. Uh, just one for me. Just uh, in, the, um, in the shareholder letter, you discussed increased sales and marketing expense in fourth quarter. Just wondering how long that takes to really come through and, and, and help the top of funnel. But, uh, so uh, we always uh, spend marketing according to our predicted uh, time to return the cash. So cash... Uh, Cashback period of about uh, eight to ten months. <coughs> so in, normally, within ten months, we will get back all the money we spent on on, on marketing from those customers. That's good. Understood. Thank you. Thank you. Next question comes from the line of Matt Fow of William Blair. The line is open. Hey guys, thanks for uh, taking my question. Just wanted to ask one on, on the commerce component. And uh, so, so you do have a mix of different businesses with, within that group. So I was wondering if you could provide some more detail in, in terms of what you're seeing with maybe you know product-based e-commerce businesses versus some of the more service or, or content-related businesses. And then you, you kind of alluded there's a group within there that's you know still being significantly impacted by COVID. So so would you expect to see um, some material acceleration within that group uh, once we once we come out of this. Thanks. Hey, sure, Matt. So again, about commerce, obviously we're not going to break down each and every type of business and and, uh, and the percentage. I, we can't say that we're seeing uh, uh, an ongoing uh, a growth of the portion of the non-products uh, uh, share of of the commerce. Uh, it doesn't mean that the products are slowing down, it actually means that just the services part is growing faster. Uh, and today it's almost 50-50 on our platform between the, the products and the services, which again, we think is great since we have that wide diversity of, of e-commerce uh, e usage. The, for the, uh, I think that, right, and, and this is one of the reasons that we expect to see even bigger growth when we're coming out of COVID, right? Because a lot of the services or things that require face-to-face -face meeting or, or conferences or all of those things are so much less now. Uh, if you think about, right, we're a global business. We have places that are still very heavily affected by COVID, right? like Latin America and some countries in Europe. And, the far, uh, and we really believe that when we come out of COVID, those will 
have an additional boost into growth. So even that our commerce today is growing at 47% year over year, if there would be no COVID, we'd probably be growing much faster than that. Great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Next question comes from the line of Eagle Aronian of Wedbush Securities. Your line is open. Hey, um, hey guys. So a lot of focus on uh, on the B2B side and agencies and the strength we're seeing there. Um, what what uh, a lot of investors have tried to do with us, um, especially since you gave us 70 million number last quarters, um, you know, kind of strip that out and try to get a good sense of what the the, the, the DIY side or the, the direct-to-consumer side of the business has been doing. So um, could, could we dive into that um, for a little bit, how, what you're seeing there, um, you know, if, if, if that's rebounding similar levels to, across the board and just in general what you're seeing from, from DIY? I'm not sure. I I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I understand the question. Um, so, uh, I, I guess I'll try to rephrase. You're talking about the B2B businesses, partnerships? Yes. And uh, I'm trying to understand. Outside. Right. So, okay, so, so we've been talking B2B, a lot of strength in B2B, um, a lot of strength from agencies, right, those that are building sites for others um, or coming through the B2B channel. Um, uh, how's, how are trends in the, in the DIY side of the business? Well, but uh, uh, it's still going very well. I think that uh, maybe one of the misconceptions that uh, is happening is that we always had agencies, right? We always had partners. We always had uh, big partners, right? And uh, we broke out the first one, uh, NTT, uh, downside uh, with the Japanese company, right? We broke it, I think, 2018, and we spoke about it. But we always had those. So they've always been part of our growth, right? And, and, it was, uh, and a lot of them are really organic. So when you look at, at, at our customer base, I think that, yes, the, the agencies and partner, uh, part of Wix is, is growing, but uh, everything is growing. So I'm not sure you should break it up. Okay, that's actually really helpful. Um, a lot of investors have been thinking of, of along those lines. So, um, and then but, but this uh, is, on, I guess is, on, yeah, go ahead. Uh, maybe this one is on us, right? Maybe because when we broke it out, we didn't provide enough color. But really, there's nothing new there, right? This is the same thing we always had. Okay, yes, we never had something in the size of the Vista Print specific deal. But we have a lot of this, right? We have a lot of partnerships in the past that were very similar to that. And, and, and they've been working for us. And, of course, like everything else that is working for us, uh, you know, we invested there. I think Vistaprint is a signal saying that, hey, you know, even companies that used to be competitors of Wix are joining. So this, this consolidation now that is happening around our product, which is a very good sign. However, uh, in the past, this used to always happen, right, with, with smaller and smaller, smaller companies and bigger and bigger companies. And we're out to a place we felt it's really what we should do is break it out. That's really helpful. And then on, on, on the agency side, uh, just to clarify, when you say 92% growth there, you're specifically talking about agency, so that, that is X um, B2B. And then you, you, you noted a, a bunch of the products that are you know, helping support the growth there. Um, you, you've highlighted in the past some specific numbers around Editor X and um, uptake there. Anything you could share on, on Editor X and the growth you're seeing um, 
around that. Thanks. Yeah, of course. So I think that uh, we're very happy with the resurrection, and there are two reasons. One, on itself, it's going fantastically uh, fast. And we think that uh, it really shows that the market needed a product like that. It's the only thing where you can actually design, uh, easily design what the industry is calling responsive design, so we can build different design to every different resolution that actually knows how to dynamically move. And But it also is its own CMS, its own programming language, databases, and, of course, all of the business stack that Wix has. And that way it's unique. There's nothing else similar to that. And, and this is contributing to really fast growth. The other side of it is that editor has, because it's becoming a brand and so many agencies are trying that, it also tends to attract new partners to Wix. And a lot of them will not use editor X for all their projects, right? They will use it for the big projects or the special project, but they will use the classic editor, right, for, for the other project that they just want to continuously, you know, very quickly finish and, and, and move to the next one. The combination, right, is, is a big driver to our success at agencies, with agencies and partners. Great, thank you. Thank you. Next question comes from the line of Elizabeth Elliott of Morgan Stanley. Your line is open. Hi, thank you so much for the question. I just have one. I wanted to ask on trends in average collections per subscription in the quarter. I think we have to strip out the B2B collections because it doesn't sound like those subscriptions are, are quite active yet. So can you just provide some color on how collections per average subscription trended uh, quarter over quarter? Yes, we continue to see that it's actually increasing um, both on a year-over-year -year basis, but also on a quarter-over-quarter basis. We very important to uh, to uh, you know to understand that you know also the mix of our customers change, uh, and it's keep on changing. We see more businesses type of customers are actually contributing more to the uh, uh, to the overall ACPS. Uh, so I believe that this is something that we will continue to see uh, increasing uh, uh, also next year. By the way, just on a side note, the B2B partnerships uh, are more toward uh, businesses because when you think about those kind of partnerships, um, usually it's businesses going to, um, and, uh, to those uh, partners and, and you know, build the website with them and using all kinds of services. So they are actually mostly uh, businesses. Great. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks for the question, Elizabeth, and everybody else. Uh, that's all the time we have today. Thank you all for joining us, and have a good day. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Have a great day. Have